test, 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 test. Microphone still works. I was turning it. I pre-gamed. So it's facing you. <laughs> you can throw it right back at me. <laughs> See, I'm the one who has to clean this shit up later, though. Fuck it. I live like a frat boy. You do. <laughs> Every morning, it's like, how many people were here last night? It's like, oh, Brett. Just Brett. Then I go walking through all barefoot in the morning, and I'm like, motherfucker, when I step on one of those. It's an exercise. Uh... Keeps you vigilant. <laughs> know where one steps. <laughs> know where one throws one's bottle caps. Mm-hmm. I think Mao Zedong said that in the mm-hmm. little red handbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the night. Do what? Proverbs for life. Proverbs for life. Welcome to the nightmare box. Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the fresh out of the bath, and celebrating the motherfucking rap party. Finally, the delayer of deadlines, Kristen Pennington. To be fair, you helped me delay this one. <laughs> you kept being like. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't either. You have to learn how to corral your actors. So that's our first. <laughs> <laughs> You're an ass. I'm not an actor. That's my, that's my problem. I don't feel like doing it today probably never worked for Robert De Niro. So I know that I'm not meant for that life. <laughs> but we finished shooting today. We did. It's very exciting. We do probably need to find other actors, though, because at the rate we're going, we're I think I didn't want to finish it either because I also didn't want to be in it. And yeah. Like, at the rate we're going, we're both just like, I don't feel like being on camera <laughs> I feel like we could just hire somebody, yeah. you know, bring them in. Well, that was the whole plan when we came up here was go okay. to the Missoula Theater Troupe. Thanks for causing a pandemic. I know. It's not my fault that the apocalypse happened right it where is. I was like, it's great. It's a perfect little artistic city. There's plenty of people that want to make films and write stories, and we can pool all these people together. And to it's me. like, now you can't get within six feet of each other. <laughs> you lied but to me. I'm sure that's over now. In the next film, we can hire somebody to be the boom operator, because COVID's a thing of the past. I keep saying it, but <laughs> it's a long-forgotten memory. It in no way affected our economy or the mental health of other human beings. Kristen's still on my notepad right at the beginning, right <laughs> as I'm trying to catch a groove. Now I don't even have a first topic to dive into. So I'm going to keep talking to you guys about how COVID is a government idea. conspiracy to take away your feet. Not your real feet, just your brain feet. Like that poem on button poetry. Well, I'm writing about defeats, so it's irrelevant. Okay. Well, I, I, I need them. But at the rate that I drink alcohol, in all likelihood, I'm probably pre-diabetic as it is. I'm going to end up losing my toes. Well, why would you do that? It's more fun to be drunk than it is to walk. <laughs> and when, If you have enough to drink, you don't need to walk. There you go. Now you can have that back. Okay. Ah. <laughs> That's something that we could have done three minutes ago. Well, I just now remembered it. <laughs> You told me to brainstorm while I was in the bath, and all my best ideas come from the bath. Exactly. So what? And if, I thought of a clever name for this that I think you don't appreciate. I, I like appreciate our... the fuck out of it. I I, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, like but really... I don't. I think nobody but you and I is gonna get the <laughs> but joke. But somebody somewhere, the, the brilliance <laughs> of it is that most people won't, and somebody somewhere out there will get it. We'd have to put so the full proud. title at the very oh, end. Oh no, we shouldn't. 
Kristen wants to title no, this an, a- an acronym, and then she's not going to tell you what the acronym but stands for. And out of out all there. of the words in the English language, she's thinking that you're going to land on so, the three words she wants you to land on. One single person out there will get it and be so proud of themselves that only they get it and no yeah. one else does. It'll be and another person with bipolar disorder trying to read the pattern and the story oh, and the so title. Funny. Brilliant. We might use it. It's the best idea we've had so far. <laughs> Untitled number three is not going to be the title of the film. I thought about just naming it Time, but I was like, that's too boring. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we finished uh, shooting today, and we had a, a laundry list of new things that we learned how to work around. We only had to shoot for about an hour and a half, two hours. Um, they were really quick shots. When you guys see them in total time, it's probably going to be 15 seconds, but they they were difficult 15 seconds to make. So would you like to talk about that? Because the, the film should be out around the time this episode drops, I'd imagine. Hopefully. Hopefully. Or, the, <laughs> or next week, and then you guys can just listen to this. And Yeah, so um, there's uh, little snippets in this film where it's kind of like a dream state, and mm-hmm. it's meant to be... I would say kind of ambiguous is this in the main character's head? Is this all like just an imagination? Yeah. Is like what you see on film really happening? So and it's it, very intimate shots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's meant to be kind of like a dream esque state where it's like flashbacks of things that have already happened. And um, got to play with my color gels again. Hell yeah! We did pretty much all of that in color. There is one cool shot that has the whiteboard in it that I tried to use the color gels on and then when I went to like fuck around with it in editing I had to color correct it back to a neutral color because mm-hmm. it just looked better. Yeah. Um, not red. <laughs> I can't, can't tell you why because that gives away the ending. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so yeah, got to play with my color gels. Hell yeah. And these were all like super close in, like tight, intimate shots because it's meant to be um, kind of intimate flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So we were crammed in our little tiny bedroom and in our yeah. little tiny one bedroom apartment. We've got a little bedroom inside of our one bedroom apartment <laughs> and we have, and a, king we have a, yeah, a king size bed and a very small bedroom. So mm. it's basically the whole room is the bed. And we had like two sets of lights and the camera on a tripod and two human beings. They had to lock the dog and the cat in the bathroom for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, Jax is probably so mad at me today. But yeah, no, it was fun because. I feel like it helped a bit. Like, I think normally I, that would be kind of a frustrating situation. Yeah. And normally I probably would have had to have spent the whole time in the bedroom, like on my wide lens. But they were supposed to be tight, kind of claustrophobic shots. Mm-hmm. So, like, having this really tight space to work in actually kind of made it a little more, like, real. Like, yeah. oh, like it you can only the move mood. this much, yeah. you know? Because it forced you to feel claustrophobic while you're trying to get claustrophobic shots. Yeah. And I was just like, Did that I play had... in at all to how you thought about doing the shots? Did it make it any easier? Uh, I feel like framing-wise it made it a little easier because I didn't honestly have much choice. It yeah. was like there's only so many places I can go. Like, literally, I was, like, desperately trying to find, like, two extra inches. I could shift the <laughs> camera back to have a little more room. Since I was 13, I've been looking for two extra inches <laughs> and they haven't popped up yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dick joke. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if I push my gunt back. Your gunt. <laughs> your gunt. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like I I think visually that was kind of how I imagined those shots anyway, so I kinda knew they were gonna end up like that, but it did 
um, I don't know, kind of force the situation Mm -hmm. to be that way anyway. Like there was kind of this cool, I think if I'm remembering right, a shot where you were standing up and you could kind of see the texture of our blackout curtain hanging behind you. And like, you can't really tell it's a blackout curtain, but it just adds like a nice like texture to the wall behind Mm -hmm. me. I was like, oh, that's cooler than I thought it'd be. It breaks up the background, which is something we've talked about before. Yeah, still haven't taken down our, our painting we hung up. I, I like it. <laughs> I don't like where it's at. It's, it's so weird when I'm drunk and I'm like staring at it from the kitchen table and I'm like, ooh, Michael Myers. It's so off-center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, sometimes being in those settings, I guess, kind of helps you get in that mindset because, yeah, we had next to no space to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it brings me to a topic that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, like being vulnerable in your artwork mm-hmm. because until we do uh, find actors to work with and can actually interact with strangers again without fear of immediate death, um, <laughs> <laughs> Brett and I are the only two people in our films. Yeah, and we have so to far. shoot them <laughs> at yeah. the same time. So it's like I've got to hold the camera while Kristen's on screen, vice versa. Yeah, and at the same time, both of these have been shot in our home and the Mm -hmm. next one's going to be shot in our home as well so like whenever we do these movies it's literally us in our lives and um there were kind of it's not they're not sex scenes but there were kind of like intimate scenes in this movie and like i got my earlobe nibbled on a whole bunch (laughs) and i was just supposed to keep staring in a trance such a difficult scene to film too for (laughs) some reason i was like don't don't giggle don't get all dreary-eyed. Stay focused on the task. <laughs> Hopefully the camera can't see my jeans. <laughs> but no, like, because um, we are actually together. Like, Brett yeah. and I live together. We're in a relationship. And, like, having these moments where, like, we're having to film kind of more intimate stuff is, like, kind of this weird um, like balance. vulnerability. Yeah, like yeah. this weird balance of, like... This feels normal, but it also feels weird that we're recording it, and then it's going to go in a movie that's going to yeah. go on the internet. So our bedroom <laughs> looked like we were getting ready to shoot a porn. Yeah. If any of our neighbors <laughs> walked by and like glimpsed through like the sheet or whatever, they would be like, they're in here about to do some freaky shit. <laughs> yeah, because I used red lights on everything, <laughs> so it definitely looked a little bizarre. It looked like a 70s porn sheen. sheen. Scene. <laughs> I, I pre-gamed. I've had like three beers before we turned on the microphone. Uh, yeah, but I, like, I, that's been interesting for me, I guess, these past two films, because even with Happy Birthday, the ending was kind of a, I guess, weirdly personal thing. Like, it was fun, and we were both laughing, because there was corn syrup on every inch of me. (laughs) Um, but, like... It It was a birther-type scene. Yeah. You know, if I'm gonna leave it vague, just in case you haven't gone out and watched it, you can find Happy Birthday at... Uh, youtube.com slash nightmareboxproductions. Had to think about that for a second. I was like, fuck, where is it? <laughs> it's also on the Nightmare Box Stop blog. Hell yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, in a lot of the stuff that we do, I feel like kind of sensitive topics. And so, mm-hmm. like, whenever we're specifically doing those things together, like, even um, my mom saw Happy Birthday and she texts me angry about the ending. Yeah. I was <laughs> so. not happy to see you on screen that way. Yeah. Um, so whenever we're doing these kind of vulnerable topics or like shooting in our own home or whatever, it's kind of this weird balance of like how, how vulnerable 
do choose to be with your audience, yeah. I guess, you know? And, like, I, I feel like there's a, a delicate balance of, let me show you my fears and my mm-hmm. insecurities and my thoughts and, you know, my worries and all this, but not maybe be so open that you think I'm crazy. <laughs> well, that, it's a huge fear for writers, especially, like, beginning writers. It's why I'm um, I'm currently reading Mindhunter, but I'm flying through Mindhunter. And the next book I'm going to read is Bird by Bird uh, by a woman named... Uh, Anne Lamont. Lamont? Yeah. I've, I've never read anything that she's done. I've seen her on uh, Duncan Trussell's uh, Midnight Gospel, and she was on an older episode of his podcast <clears throat> discussing death. But her big theory about writing is that you're supposed to pull that camera lens as far in as you can. Yeah. Uh, I, I was first like truly... Um, exposed to that sort of a thing in a flash fiction workshop uh, with my buddy Arroyo. Go mm-hmm. Arroyo. Um, but we would read these memoir-esque collections of flash fictions and one of them Kristen read was Pretty, which was all about a woman coping with being raped. Yeah. And so every story kind of tied into this being raped as a child and like overcoming that as an adult without ever directly going into this is what happened that night. This is me in therapy. It was more glimpses from her life that kind of helped her piece together what happened to her as a kid. And it's especially important in writing and in film um, to draw that camera in as close as you can because, you know, it's going to suck for you and it might piss off somebody, you know, that you love that's going to read your art um, or watch your art. But these are real topics and you'd be a phony if you pretended like that, you know, they weren't coming out of you. You'd, you'd be doing a disrespect to the quote-unquote muse if you refused to tell their story. If they, That's how I like to frame it anyway. Yeah. Like what I'm dealing with in the nightmare box, in the rewrite, is I wrote that novel while my dad was dying in a hospital. Um, and now I have to go back in the rewrite, and I can't let myself pull the camera away from that you know, inciting incident. Yeah. It has to stay with that main frame. When I'm in the hospital or the characters in the hospital describing the hospital room, I can't pull the camera out of the room. It has to stay right there with all those smells that I collected in my journal and all the things that, you know, were happening so that I can paint it to be as real as possible. Because anybody who's actually been in a hospital uh, bed with a person who's about to go on hospice, um, knows what that looks like and you're doing your reader a disservice by pulling back let the reader pull back if they need to let the reader disengage that's not your business what they do yeah it's been a kind of interesting experience for me because i feel like i haven't experienced anything remotely as intimate as like the work that you've done that's kind of Mm -hmm. been personal to you um like with my writing classes Well, you've experienced things well, but not yeah. not specifically, I think, related to my work, though. Oh, okay. Um, like, with my writing classes, like, all the stuff I wrote about was just, like, random stories. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't remotely personal to me. And, um, like, whenever I used to, like, act and stuff, like, that was literally just, like, characters. Like, here's a script. Like, you're playing yeah. this character. Like, Play make believe. Yeah. Go. Yeah, so, like, with those, I'm not good at it, so, yes, actors, I am shitting on you, but I also can't do it, so take that information, do with it what you will, but you play make-believe for a living. Yeah, but, like, with those roles, it's, like, they're not your experiences. Like, you might, yeah, yeah, I guess, eventually land a role that's similar to something you've been through, but, like, I played, 
like a prostitute for a thing and like the situation was like really kind of depressing mm-hmm. like and her life story was kind of depressing and it was like a real person but like I had no emotional connection to it because I was like I've never been a prostitute I've never experienced any of these things and then with my own films in film school um for the most part it was almost like being given a prompt and yeah. it was like you have to follow these guidelines and that's a death knell for a project yeah. Prompts. It was, I was going to do a whole episode today on writing <laughs> prompts, so I might, you know, hold that and do a little bit more research, but... But... Sorry. No, you're fine, but yeah, like, it, I mean, they were vague enough prompts that I could have done whatever I wanted with yeah. them, really, but they were basically prompts, and it was like, I've just got to find something that fits into this mold, and then whenever we did the dolls, that was your story, which I, like, super mm-hmm. enjoyed working on the dolls, but that was your story that you wrote, and we had actors, and... You know, yeah. it was shot in somebody else's home, which, thank God, I would not have wanted all yeah. that going on in my home. Thank but... you, Caleb and Alicia. <laughs> yeah. You guys are awesome. Thanks and for I still letting love us you. destroy your home for They're a few gonna, days. If you guys are curious, if you're fans of the dolls, uh, there's going to be a follow-up very soon because there is a death plan for the door that we killed in the <laughs> dolls that's going to blow your fucking mind, and we're going to put it up on the website. But. <laughs> They're waiting on an opportunity to get some, you know, uh, legal explosives in an open field. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, like with that, that that wasn't, I guess, necessarily a work that was like a personal experience for me outside of like yeah. the making of it. Like I, I, I have never personally been raped or had a creepy uncle or been in mm-hmm. a situation anywhere near that traumatic. Um, so. Like, with all of my previous work, it was just kind of like, oh, this is a job that I'm doing, and how can I creatively explore within this job that I'm doing? And, like, with the stuff that you and I have been doing since we got here, it's... We live in a very small space, and it's all being filmed yeah. in our very small home, and, like, trying to figure out, like, how to reinvent our home that we literally day in and day out live in. And then, since we're having to act in our own films, and... Your mind goes to dark places. <laughs> um, Every day. It, it never stops. <laughs> it's been a weird... We've watched romantic comedies, and I've been like, wouldn't it be really fun if somebody put razor wire in that guy's dick right now? <laughs> um, but it's, it's been this weird, um, I guess, like, almost rebirth of learning how to, like, personally yeah. connect with my work, because, like, I was very nervous about releasing Happy Birthday. Um, because of the ending? Yeah, I and partially because I was in it too. Yeah. Like I think if another actor had been playing that part, I would have been like, okay, you were you'd be able to disconnect. From yeah, it a I think bit. And I I think because it was like, do you think that that would have done you a disservice with the film, or do you think having the experience of being in that vulnerable position in the future when you do get to work with actors help you understand where the actor is coming from to make them even more vulnerable for the part? Oh, for sure. I, I and I think honestly. Um, anyone who wants to work in film because there's so many different roles that you can play in the filmmaking process should honestly dabble in all of them. Like I know most people like strictly want to be a director or want to be the cinematographer or want to be whatever the most recognized position is that you can make the most money and it's the most glamorous lifestyle. Like like your Spielberg started off as coffee boy. Yeah. Go get coffee and then, you know, see what you can learn when you're not getting coffee. Yeah. And (laughs) I've been a PA before as well. Um, So 
I definitely wouldn't want to repeat the PA experience. You know, it is basically you just kind of wandering around set doing errands for everyone. Yeah. But um, it's cool because you kind of get to learn every department. And I feel like whenever um, I went to film school, there were a lot of people that were basically like, I'm the director, I'm the cinematographer, and yeah. wouldn't touch any other role. And I'm like... going to be the next Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. and like Saw I... a lot of those douchebags in the creative writing program. Like, I'm the next Hemingway. And it's like, I think you're just a drunk. You haven't picked up your pen at all tonight. Hemingway yeah. wrote in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like whenever I was in film school, like there were only certain classes you were necessarily required to take and then the rest were just like open electives you could kind of do whatever you wanted with. And like I purposely took a class specifically about lighting and then tried to take classes specifically about sound and stuff like that so I could kind of understand the other areas, even though I didn't necessarily want to like do those jobs like it was a huge part of why we did the nightmare box productions and we started with i know nothing about film you have um rudimentary knowledge if you will on creative writing like mm-hmm. you can do it if you're asked to do it i just don't prefer to do yeah, it. <laughs> it's not really your thing but i know nothing about cameras or mm-hmm. lights or you know audio record i'm learning kind of as we go here uh but Making it such a small group and such a small budget has taught me a shitload and has taught you, you know, a little bit in all of your different areas. This is the kind of blood effect that we need, you know, for example. This looks better stuck than it does running. This looks better running than it does stuck, and it's two entirely different recipes. Yeah. This is what happens when I bounce a light in this direction. Great. Now, when I have a light person in the future, I go, hey, just go ahead and bounce that light off the ceiling. You know, we don't need to go through the four different steps here. I know what I want. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I think in the same way that like, I guess doing the ending part for Happy Birthday, it does give you an appreciation for like the level of work that goes behind each of mm-hmm. those jobs. So like, I, I don't want to be a sound person. Right. I, I don't want to be a lighting person, but I, I know the importance of understanding those roles. So I guess with happy birthday, as nervous as I was about releasing it, I needed that um, intimate connection with that role yeah. to be like, oh, this is like, this says something and this means something and putting this movie out mm-hmm. there means something. And I'm then... uncomfortable just because of this amount of blood. Imagine how the character would feel. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't necessarily... Like, I didn't mind having... Well, you didn't like the sub- the corn syrup. Oh, it felt sticky yeah, and gross and cold. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you felt uncomfortable in yeah. the bed. Yeah, yeah, it was sticky and gross and cold and I felt like I couldn't move. But, like, I didn't necessarily mind having it on me. It was the visceral image of it like putting that out in a movie and like oh i gotcha i thought you were uncomfortable with the performance of it itself. no like the actual releasing it yeah. and like the like visceral nature of it and being like the person in the scene like, you thought that was visceral wait until you see the new movie <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and like with this new one like the the tight end shots especially that we shot today like felt a little uncomfortable for me even though I'm very comfortable with you because it was like this is an intimate thing yeah. I got to kiss that... you we had to take we had to do takes <laughs> yeah and like struggled so hard with just literally kissing Brett on the ear which is something I've done like countless yeah. times like, I was like this is so weird like I'm drooling on your ear this take isn't working the shot looks bad like I don't know what I'm doing here I've seen this done so many times in so many movies. How did they make it look so seamless? Yeah, how do they make it look sexy? Because it's not sexy. 
I thought it was, and I wrote like a beginning of a whole new <laughs> script while we were doing it. Not a graveyard, not about us. Yeah. I, need, I, I needed something because I also have to be typing in that scene, acting as if I'm in a trance, and I'm just like, okay, don't get turned on. Just keep talking about two men in Louisiana. We have a stunt <laughs> scene in this movie, though, that kind of didn't really turn out quite how we wanted. Um, I think it's definitely going to be workable, but literally kissing bread on the ear today was harder to film than the stunt scene. Harder than blood gun? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I cannot get this right. I, like, basically after 10 takes gave up on it, and I was like, I'll edit around it and make it work. <laughs> it was so hard. We're going to steal stock footage from a porn. Like an artsy European softcore. I need a girl that has lip filler. My lips aren't big enough. <laughs> you complain about yourself every time you're on camera. You're like, I got short, stubby fingers. My lips aren't big short, enough. My shirt makes me look all bloated. Yeah, I did. I had to change my shirt. <laughs> See, I felt self conscious. It's a I very vulnerable work. Yeah. Kristen's like, I felt vulnerable today. I was uh, without a shirt for about 45 <laughs> minutes just staring at a wall on camera. <laughs> Playing with my nipples every time Kristen turned around, and I was like, I get to leave this for her later. You thought you were taking pictures, though, and you weren't. I wasn't. The, the pictures would have been hilarious because I intended for them to be like right in the middle of your file. So when you went to edit, I'm it downloading, was just, I'd be like, What the fuck is this? I didn't take any pictures, that it's just me rubbing my nipple in like 16 shots. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for you, when my camera's in video mode, you can't take photos, it can only do one or the other. So you got to switch it back. Well, I couldn't to... get it to start the recording. Again, I don't know anything about cameras. <laughs> I have no idea how it works. I just know that if I get in front of it and do stuff. You know if the red light's on, though. I know if the recording. red light's on, but I couldn't get the red light to come on, so I assumed I was taking photographs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were saying I'm sorry. I oh, no, you. you're fine. I just, like, I don't know. It's um, a new appreciation, I think. And I think the next one will probably be even more so, like the one that we're planning next. Um just a new appreciation for being brave enough to be vulnerable in your work yeah. because I think most good artists in some way are well, this putting next, yeah. the themselves next one is really close to the vest. We're both in the next one. We're going to make it fun. We're going to make it depressing. We're going to make it really sad. And then we're going to try to make it fun. And there's not going to be any blood in it. There's no blood. <laughs> I've assigned myself that to this assignment because this assignment's going to come out like a whole month late. Um, and I've had a little bit more time to dick around with the ideas. I've added the extra challenge for myself. You don't need to feel you know, it upon yourself to follow through with this particular challenge. I've done blood in two of them. The third one, I'm not going to do any blood in. So <laughs> take it or leave it. Add it as your challenge. Don't add it as your challenge. But the challenge, again, is an isolation thing. Um, I will have that typed up and ready for you guys by the time this airs, hopefully. You're saying that. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got, this is my short week, so I should have extra time to be able to get it typed up. My, my hope, though, we'll is... We'll have a new release date for you and all of that shit, so... My hope, though, is that this one actually won't be too far behind. I My goal is to still have this one released ideally around the end of june yeah um well this one we can do with our day-to-day -day activity yeah. you know we just have to add the lines in while we're doing something that we would normally be doing you know yeah so i i'm, I'm hoping the delay in this one that we're releasing next is not going to offset the next one too much yeah. I, I think hopefully at most it'll only be a week or two late because it's a lot footage wise simpler mm -hmm. um Story-wise, pretty heavy, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. $20 short films. But I, I think the contrast of the next one compared to this one is going to be interesting because um, 
I think on our last two star that we did, it was a note that I made. I don't know if we really talked about it or not, but um, I made a note about like knowing when to let the audience in and when the Irish to... one. Yeah, because yeah. um, like the lodger. Yeah, the lodgers. Because um, when we watched it, we were both kind of like, I don't really know who any of these characters are, what their names are, where. Yeah, for this a films... long time, what time frame yeah. we're in. Yeah, like, what there's time not period, even a vehicle yeah. that passes to kind of key me in. Yeah, like weren't even necess- necessarily 100% sure where the film was being shot at. So, like, that was like a note I made. Yeah. Like, kind of knowing when to pull back and when you need to kind of let your viewers in. And I think that's going to be an interesting contrast between our next short film and this one that we're wrapping yeah. up is that. Uh, this one is a little bit more intimate, and the next one's going to be a lot more distant. Yeah. Um, hopefully. It's going to be kind <laughs> of like, um, and if you want to go youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington, you can see the short that she made with her nieces. Mm. And it's going to be sort of like that. Can I spoiler that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That one's old. That's been it, up for it, years. It's a college project she did, but basically... It's called she, Waiting. Yeah. She shot it in such a way so that it looks like her nieces are having a conversation with each other, but you don't really understand what they're talking about. And then at the end, it's revealed that they're facing separate directions, and as the camera pulls back, they're tied to the chairs. So they've been kidnapped, and they're locked away from somebody. But for the first you know, part of the 45 seconds or however long the thing is, it looks like they're looking at each other, and you're trying to piece it together. And then it's like, bam, camera pulls out, reveal. Yeah, which I'm actually kind of proud of that one. Like well, you should be. It's a silly little film, but I'm I'm proud of yeah. the idea that I had for that one because actually with that film, well, with this one that we're doing, we're not tied to chairs. We're both on screen at the same time, and we're gonna keep you guessing until that last 15 seconds, <laughs> and then it's gonna hit you in the chest <laughs> like a ton of bricks. Um, but with waiting, I. Uh was given a script that was intentionally vague. Like, we had three scripts we could choose from. They were all very intentionally vague, so the idea was you could shoot them about whatever you wanted to shoot them about, so I couldn't change the dialogue at all. Like, the dialogue was set in place, and I had to decide what I wanted to do with the script, and, like, that was immediately, like, where my mind went. I was like, oh, what if they were kidnapped? Yeah. And you didn't know until the end. <laughs> so I was proud of that one because I, I purposely shot it so it looked like they were mm-hmm. facing each other. And then I was like, jokes. <laughs> jokes on you. <laughs> no, it's important to know when to when to pull it in, when to back the camera back out. Yeah, because I think um, if you can kind of successfully do that little dance, yeah. you can keep your and audience. I don't mean the literal camera. I mean narrative perspective, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And all that type of stuff. Yeah. I, th- I think if you can successfully pull off that dance, you can kind of keep your audience on the edge mm-hmm. until you want to shove them off the edge. Yeah. <laughs> hold them. But not the way M. Night Shyamalan has done with everything that he's done since The Sixth Sense. <laughs> Leave the fucking breadcrumbs. <laughs> I need to know. Do it like the usual suspects. Yeah, Kaiser fucking Soze. Is that the right one? Or is that the dude from Scarface? I want to say Kaiser Soze. I have no idea. Have you seen Usual Suspects? No. But I'm going to shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, keep your eye out for the gold pocket watch. I feel like I've talked about this before, but I don't think I've seen it. It, I'm, not, I'm not telling you if you if you do not know the plot twist at the end of the usual suspects then we're not fucking having this conversation <laughs> moving forward um what's another good know when to pull the camera back 
Saw. Saw is my, my go-to. Mm-hmm. I, I, I treat it like it's the greatest movie that's ever been made. It's not far off. But uh, spoiler alert, if you've not seen the original Saw, the dude who had his head blown off in the middle of the room for the entire movie, that's Jigsaw. <laughs> that's your serial killer. He was there the whole time. And they don't let you know that right until the very end, after Dr. Gordon has skedaddled his way out with his one foot, <laughs> tosses the empty gun to the... Uh, Fuck, what's the, uh, Adam mm-hmm. tosses the, 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 the empty gun to Adam and Adam can't kill him and Adam gets locked away and it's like, holy fuck, the bad dude was in the room the whole time. We spent the past hour and a half trying to locate the bad dude. That's how you pull a camera. There you go. <laughs> Leave the breadcrumbs. All the breadcrumbs are there. That's my favorite thing about the Saw franchise is there's always that, you know, da-da-da montage scene where they piece it all together for you and you're like, fuck, I wasn't paying attention. I'm curious what you're going to do with the next one. I'm kind of sad that we can't really talk about it because it's so far out. It is far out. (laughs) 60s lingo. I'm in from the release date. (laughs) I've I've got it in my head. I just need to sit down and put it on paper. Like I know exactly what I want to (laughs) do. Awkward silence. Yeah, are we falling to pieces or what? Do you have any examples of great times where the camera was pushed forward and back? Yeah, my movie. Yeah. Waiting. <laughs> I just gave it to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were like low energy today. We're dying. I'm drunk. Are I don't know what's going on. Are you really? I'm just here in the life. I had three beers while you were in the bath going, Jesus Christ, how long is this bath going to take? It's the same every time. I know. You know this. <laughs> it's two and a half hours and I'm just sitting outside going, I'm getting my ass kicked by 12-year-olds on war zone. <laughs> Gotta let my... My zen come back to me, so whenever I come to the podcast, I'm not having See, my only time. note was shooting close, shooting tight spaces. So, mm-hmm. like, being intimate and shooting inside of tight spaces. That was my big takeaway from today, and then I was going to talk about how we finished the homework assignment. And then you didn't let it linger on either one of your two topics, and here we are, just falling to fucking pieces. <laughs> but you can't let your defeats empower you, Kristen Pennington. Overpower. No. And- no. Let your, let, let your defeats empower yeah. you. I can't read your handwriting. Oh, that's not nice. My handwriting's fine. It's huge. <laughs> so it takes so long to read. It's big enough that you should be able to read it though. <coughs> your handwriting's tiny. <laughs> yeah, no. Um Can't find my extra two inches. You found them right there on the written word. <laughs> <laughs> if you wrote the hieroglyphs and the pyramids, <laughs> the story of Egypt would be short as fuck. You're such a dick. You know what? Screw you guys. I'm going home. Okay, so let your defeats empower you. What do you mean by that, my dear? So, I don't know. Like, things have been kind of weird lately. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with everything going on. Um, the COVID, that's the thing of the past that yeah, nobody's even kind of yeah. concerned about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. Um... Sorry, I feel like... We haven't like... been able to buy chicken in three weeks. Bought lamb steaks today. Yeah, no, Turns seriously. out two lamb steaks, $7. I'm buying lamb steaks every week. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I feel like reality, our expectation of reality is, like, constantly shifting with all this going on. It's like, oh, things yeah. are going back to normal. Psych, they're not. Like, oh, grocery stores are finally, like, stocking shit back up. Nope, they're not. And... I... Trying times like this, everybody should be smoking marijuana. I'm not advocating, not even claiming to be a user of marijuana, but it makes the world a lot more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I... Like, parallel universes? (laughs) So, 
Brett and I have been both working the whole time through all yeah. of this because we're quote unquote essential workers. Um, and I, I feel like we've both been probably a little exhausted by the situation. For sure. Um, Normal work stress plus Armageddon. Yeah. And like, <laughs> in general, a lot of people just haven't been the nicest during all of this and it's stressful situations to work under like i am still dealing directly directly with the public so i like have to wear a face mask all day long at work and temperature check every time you go in yeah and it's it's just a stressful environment to be in and like weirdly despite the world seemingly dying on a daily basis brett and i have kind of financially like found more stability in all of this and like kind of gotten ourselves a little sorted and like because everybody else has gotten their dick kicked in but i got my dick kicked in when i was like 14 and i'm still trying to you know get my dick unkicked (laughs) so now everybody's got their dick kicked in i feel like we're on a level playing field and everybody's looking for those extra two inches exactly (laughs) i've talked a lot about my penis And it's only been, it's short and it got kicked in. It's never anything glorious. He's hung like a horse. No, I'm not. Um, It's terrifying. No, but... um, It gets lost in my bush and I shave every other week. Okay, can we not talk about your dick on this episode? I don't understand what's happening here. Trying to have like a serious... I know, and that's what's happening here. I'm, I'm reverting can't. back to my my emotional walls. You I need to deal. go back to therapy. I'm going to strangle you with P- this oh, please do, headphone baby. cord. Uh, <laughs> so no, like we we've found like a bit more financial stability during all of this because we have been working, and I had like goals that I kind of wanted to like accomplish. Yeah, coming up, and like we both before all of this, you know, had plans to like go see our families and all this, and like things just keep constantly changing, and I, I feel like. It's really easy to feel disheartened whenever mm-hmm. shit doesn't really quite work out how you want it to work out. Like, uh, this movie is super late. Uh, we're probably not going to get to go see Brett's family until next year. I don't know if we're going to get to go see my family this year. They're... Well, we'll see yours before we see mine in yeah. all likelihood just because yours are in country. Yeah. I've got to fly or we've got to fly across the country. And then across the world <laughs> to go find my family. But we don't know when travel's going to be an option yeah. again. So as of right I'm not now, not going through Heathrow Airport if everybody needs to get their temperature checked. Heathrow takes long enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like all these like things that we wanted to do, and then like I had some kind of financial goals for our production company that have kind of fallen through. Um, and like initially, I was just like, man, I am like so upset about this. Yeah. Like, died. I don't know, was feeling super optimistic about where our growth would be literally just a month from now. I was like, we're going to accomplish all these things and like things are going to be moving in such an upward motion Mm -hmm. in literally just a couple of more weeks and it's going to be the best thing ever and things are going to be awesome. And then almost immediately, most of that fell through. And I was just like, well, fuck, like things aren't going anywhere. It's the worst. Like this is all falling apart. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah. Then you, you know, flip back a year from now. It's late May. We're getting ready to go to Montana in late August. (laughs) Fuck. What am I going to do? Am I going to lose my job security working at the hospital? No. What is going to happen? Literally didn't have a job. Going to move me up to the mountain town? (laughs) What the fuck is my boyfriend thinking? 
Didn't even have money for and the look at us truck. now. I've got a wedding ring on my finger. <laughs> but yeah, like, well, I mean, that's the point, though. Like, I came home and talked to you and, like, like almost immediately was like, no, like, screw this. Like, not going to sit around. Fight I'm Sorry. Like, we're Oh, gonna... well, we're doing one of those? I'm so excited. I get to do my angry rant for, for success. All right, cool. <laughs> Yeah, like, not going to sit around and feel... Chant these motherfuckers up. Sorry for myself. They need myself. the power. <laughs> like, I, like... I'm the other day when you came home and you were sad, you were freaked out and you can tell everybody about it. Uh, if you do not listen to Joey Diaz's podcast, the church of what's happening now, I don't need you to get into Joey Diaz. I need you to go about seven minutes into any given episode after the ad reads <laughs> his theme song charges me up in the morning. Cause he goes, we're going in there like fucking Marines. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all, it's all I have some mornings where I'm like just staring in the you know, the mirror, and I'm like, I need a little pump up. I need some rock and roll in my blood. I need just to know that fuck this day. I'm gonna kick it right in the dick. <laughs> I'm kicking a lot of dicks today, <laughs> including the, the title of this episode: Kicking Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I came home and I talked to you, and kind of had this moment where I was like, "There's no point in feeling sorry for myself because you can kind of wallow when." Yeah. Easy. Things don't work out the way you want them to work out, or you can see them as opportunities to kind of learn and grow and readapt to situations. So yeah. it's like, okay, so I can't have the thing that I want right now. What can I do with the stuff that I already have to, mm-hmm. like, kind of like we were talking about earlier on the way to the grocery store, I have a lifestyle that I want to live. What do I have to do to attain the lifestyle that I want? Yeah. So... It's like, what do I need I, to get to a place yeah, where... At one point in my life, I was making $10,000 for that year. My apartment alone was going to cost me $12,000 for that year. That's expensive. Your old apartment? My old apartment. That's a lot of money. Damn. Yeah, it was 1200 a month, so it's probably more than that. But I was making ten k, and so I had to had, had to freelance my way around it. Sold a book. Fucking, you know, <laughs> Fight the fucking war, you know. Yeah. Continue. No, I'm, I'm using you as my charger. You're not allowed to die. I'm, I'm slowly building up to something. No, I just, like, that was kind of where I was going with that. Like, I had, while I was in college, like, goals about where I wanted to be yeah. by the time I graduated college. In Atlanta. So, Good luck. The whole even, film industry just died. I uh, saved you because now we live in Missoula. Not Continue. Even, not even specifically in Atlanta. Like, goals for my personal growth by the time I yeah. exited college. Like, a lot of people... Um, go to college and kind of dick around and don't really do their own projects so they come out of college and they don't have their own films and they don't have their own gear and like my goal was like gonna have as many films by the time I get out of this school as I can possibly get done in this time and I'm also going to own my own gear so that when I get out of this school I'm not like pay that back yeah I'm not like fuck I can't rent school gear anymore I'm gonna have my own gear so by the time I got out of school, I think the only thing I didn't own before you and I moved in together was lights, and I bought those shortly after we moved yeah. in together. And then, like, now, a year later, mm-hmm. I've pretty much got my own, like, equipment to run a production company. I just want nicer equipment, and I'm kind of like, ah, fuck, and our I podcast is run off of, went to a pawn shop, found a, you know... Oh, this is my mic. Well, the other mic that we have, the backup mic that we have, was went to a pawn shop, bought a mic... Turned it in on warranty. Got a better one. <laughs> got a brand new one. And that is in case this ever shits out or if we get a second arm in our studio. <laughs> figure out how to make figure this Figure out how to make it go. 
But yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I had a, a self-pity moment where I was like, I can't upgrade my camera and do these things yeah. I want to do. And it was like, well, fine. Like figure out well, how to do it with the camera that you You know have. what bugged me about it was you called it a toy again. Like you reverted back to that. You were like, I don't deserve my toy. You I know? didn't say I, I had, deserve it. I had to slap it. that down <laughs> right quick. I was like, it's not a toy. That I didn't is say I don't deserve that... it. I said I felt like I was having a pity party because it's like I just want to upgrade my toy. Yeah. Like but I, it's I not felt a like toy. I was sitting around feeling sorry for myself because it was like I have a camera that's yeah, a nice no, enough camera. It, it, it's not a toy. It's something you were taught in your childhood that, you know, something that you could use as an artistic expression was something not to be taken seriously. It's a weapon, like you're arming yourself. As we talked about when we were having that conversation off mic, I've always viewed and I've written a couple of poems where I've referred to my journal this way, and I'm fuck you if you think I'm pretentious, but it it's a bomb in a backpack. The, the second anybody in this world pisses me off, I can bury you in less than 3,000 words. I change my entire environment with a story. I know that. I don't do that. Use your powers for good. <laughs> Save your bombs for when you need your bombs. But I, <laughs> I know what this is. You know, I respect the, the written form. Facebook's all people, you know, want. If I want to fuck your day up, I could ruin your day. <laughs> the power is there. It's a pen that I bought for three ninety nine. $3.99. You got five bucks on you. You too can be the proud owner of a uh, Pilot Precise V5. <laughs> green in color. <laughs> I think it comes in a pack. It does. So you can get multiple colors. Black, red, green, and blue. <laughs> I buy them probably once a month. Brand new pen. <laughs> yeah, I broke the lid of your black one. My bad. <laughs> It's okay. I didn't tell you that I'd already broken it. I just let you blame yourself. Oh, that's, that's me. It was kind of loose when I started jiggling yeah, it. but it's a bomb in a backpack. It's what it is. When you buy a new camera, it's like if I were to go buy another AR. And it's like it makes me feel safer because if some shit goes down, at least I've got that gun. Yeah, if you lose your shit to Netflix. Exactly. If you lose your job, but you've got a 4K camera... Are you going to wallow in sorrow that you can't find another job that pays you an hourly rate? Or are you going to get that camera out and go to fucking work? <laughs> I'm going to get that camera out and go to fucking work either way. Cause yeah. If I, if I, I just not had to letting go up, the world defeat me. Exactly. I had to go up for another job interview for the job that I currently have, which is the third time I've had an official job interview. The 11th time I've been fired from the job that I have. But... We've been up here for eight months. I've lost my job 11 times. I'm continuing to work. And the best thing is if they actually fire me from there, collect unemployment, lean into this shit, and I know what this is. There's no disillusionment. I know that anything that I'm doing that's pulling me away from the pen and the pad is just some other people telling me how to live my fucking life. And I'm not about that. So, to not being defeated... To not getting kicked in the dick. <laughs> I don't have one of those. Well, yours probably got kicked in too far. It reverted. It went up inside. Inverted. <laughs> inverted. Reverted. I reverted. It inverted. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, don't let, you know, don't let your defeats knock you the fuck down. You know, like, that's terrible. It's that classic saying where people are like, you know, the, the, the key to success is failure. I think even 
with you should have your shit knocked in. <laughs> I think even with this film that we're finishing up, like the blood gun scene, like initially on camera, did not look that great. I was like, oh, fuck, we ruined it and we can't redo it. Like it That's was... why I told you we were going to hit it three more times. What's there to lose? <laughs> well, <laughs> like even the second go around by then we had already, because the, the thing that the blood gets sprayed on gets kind of wiped away yeah. so we had already kind of ruined the service so we couldn't really like redo it redo it and we just reshot it again just for the hell of it just to have it and like initially like when we walked away from filming that day i was like fuck like that got ruined and mm-hmm. that was like a take we really needed and then like i think the next time i was in the bath where all my brilliant <laughs> ideas come from i was like no like if i edit it this way and tweak it this way, like, we can make it look this way, and it's going to be fine. And, like, I feel like whenever you get kind of kicked down, it's an opportunity to, like, find your own way to, yeah. like, rise back up again. And like to that, figure was, it out. Yeah, and with that, I was like, I, like, we have to make this work. It was my dad's How? favorite saying. He was a combat flight engineer, so he flew dangerous missions all the fucking time. He always came home. And his big thing was everybody has a plan and it's going to fall apart in the first 15 minutes. And that's... You have to adapt. Yeah, that's basically (laughs) true. And yeah, like adapting is so important because I I feel like if you have a mindset of I have to make this situation work instead of like it has to work this specific way. Your plan is just if everything goes according to plan. Yeah. And nothing ever goes according to plan. There's (laughs) always some fucking wrench that gets thrown in your gear, you know. (laughs) <laughs> but if you if you like have a mindset about the situation of especially in your dad's situation where that was like literal life well in death. our situation the, ours is not literal life or death but we have to in this case you know we've got blood leaking down the surface we have to be able to we can't lose that we need to hit this a few more times we yeah. can't you know we have to salvage this for all we can have all the b-roll in the back pocket we'll figure it out later you know? yeah but i was just saying like especially like you can't panic and give up yeah but i was just saying like especially in your dad's situation where it's literal life and death if you kind of view things in your own life as almost being that way like our blood gun scene again not literal life and death but if you kind of view it that way like i have to find a way to make this situation work with the things that I've got available to me. Plan A didn't work. I still have to make it work. What's plan B? What's plan C? What's plan D? You know, like if you view it as a thing where you have to achieve it, no matter what, Mm -hmm. you just have to figure out how you're going to get there. I feel like it kind of helps you from being defeated by the first plan falling through. Cause you're like, no, I like this goal still has to get done either way. So what's the next step? Well, it's a lot of, you know, not just, you know, my military upbringing cause dad was that. And my grandfather was, um, what later became my job in the air force. He was that in Vietnam at uh Tonsonut air force base, which is where the Tet offensive kicked off. He was the dude on the microphone. If you ever go listen to those tapes, you can find them on YouTube. The whole base was getting blown up. Grandpa's job was uh, try not to get as many people killed. <laughs> um, I think I learned a lot from from those type of guys in my own personal experiences in the military. But just like viewing art in a militaristic fashion. It's like when we were shooting earlier and we couldn't get things done. I just started screaming guerrilla radio. You know, <laughs> it's like lights out, guerrilla radio. Like kick the door, turn that shit out. <laughs> Adapt that motherfucker. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Thank you for being my hype man. I try. <laughs> you don't give yourself anywhere near enough credit. No, today went really well. I was proud of today. It did. You were ahead of schedule. The- by the an hour and a half. The ear was so awkward. The, the ear quiz was, I mean, was... It, 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 it turned me on. <laughs> I don't think it was awkward as fuck. The rest of it went brilliant. God damn it. I even got to tweak new perspectives that exactly. I was inspired by from other works. Namely, one of our two stars. Yep, she pulled a, a move right out of the two star. Used it twice in rough filming. I'll imagine we'll use one or the other. I doubt we'll use both of them because that might be a little weird unless you can figure out how to splice it together I'm correctly. Brilliant. Oh, I, I know you are. I know you are, and I trust it a hundred percent. But what I love about you, and as far as adapting everything that we're doing, right, is when we. Decided to get married, right? We bought the rings. COVID was not here yet. And then we had a... My ring took a very long time. We had a waiting period and then everything shut down. So now we just wear our rings. We're getting married. I consider myself married. I refer to you as my wife. We adapted in the moment as it was kind of happening to us. You can't just lay down and get, you know, your dick kicked in. When we were shooting today, you didn't get frustrated, like, you figured out how things were supposed to to play along. You didn't just lay down. You you, you figured it out. It's my favorite thing about you. Like, you, you, you know that if nothing else in the world of filmmaking, if you have enough B-roll, you can cheat it. You can figure out how you need to get there. How many times have we been working on something where you've added a note, like, a week before release because you found that this footage adds an interesting element that I missed in trying to write the motherfucker? That's the handy thing about also being my own editor, though. I'm like, well, worst case scenario, I'll fix it in post. (laughs) Which is a terrible phrase. We'll alter a little bit. No, it's not a terrible phrase. It's an honest phrase. (laughs) It's a phrase the film world makes fun of quite a bit because yeah. that shouldn't be your mentality. Fix it in post. No, yeah. it's done in podcasts <laughs> as well. <laughs> but uh, usually when I hit that point where I'm like, fuck it, I'll fix it in post, I'm like, it was close enough. <laughs> I'll figure it out later. <laughs> I don't know. But we're doing meatloaf. We're going to start a whole cookbook section of the Nightmare Box here pretty soon. We'll, we'll get it all sorted. Um we're going to add them to the two stars so that you guys have a recipe. You can sit down with your you know, lovely no. significant other, drink these specific beers or these kind of wines, watch these dumbass movies, giggle your asses off, and then turn on the podcast and commence your drinking yourselves to sleep because that's you know, what I I'm like. We're going to release a literal cookbook and call it Two Star Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> two Star Dinners that's for the, Two Star Tuesday. It's the move is like hardcore fancy shit and then like dive bar fried chicken recipes where it's like, yeah. yeah. Have we talked on here, speaking of dive bar chicken, have we, have we told that story on here before? I don't know what story you're referring to. I went so. to the, the dive bar that I used to go to in Murfreesboro. It was called Fat Willie's. I love that goddamn bar. My dad took me there when I was like 15, when you could still smoke inside and take your kid to the bar in Tennessee. And then when I got out of the Air Force, it became my favorite bar because it was just like two blocks away from where we lived. And uh, I went over there one night. It was pretty much dead empty except like these tourists who'd gotten a hotel in Murfreesboro that was across the interstate from my favorite bar 
and they had no concept of where they were in the world. I don't think I know this story. Yeah. And this drunk, like, 40-year-old lady, like, separates herself from the crowd in Murfreesboro's, one of Murfreesboro's shittiest dive bars. And goes up, she goes, I would like some medium rare chicken tenders. Is that a thing? Yeah, and I had this. There was a big fat bar lady with a unibrow. She's a sweetheart. I love her to death. So if she just so happened to find the world of podcasting instead of, I, th- I think she's probably dead. But you know, if she's not, she nicknamed me Mopey, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> she, she goes, "You want me to serve you raw chicken?" <laughs> and just stared at her and cigarette dangling out of the bar t- bartender's mouth during this whole situation. You want me to serve you raw chicken? And the lady goes, "No." medium rare chicken (laughs) and the bartender pointed at her and she goes get the fuck out of my bar (laughs) is that a thing no it's not there's cooked chicken and uncooked chicken yeah like you could die if you undercooked your chicken yeah what she was trying to specify like you would with steak but with like dive bar chicken tenders which are basically pulled out of a freezer that they bought at a walmart and dipped in grease yeah (laughs) She goes, I want a medium rare. I want them chewy. It's like, you don't. You're going to shit your guts out right yeah. there in the dive bar bathroom. And that's not the way to go. No, you've never told me that story. That's <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, chicken is cooked or not yeah. cooked. Level your, your ambitions is, I guess, all I'm saying in this world. Uh, but if you're looking for Kristen's individual work, you can go on to YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington or YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Yay. Or you can swing on over there to our Twitter. You can tell us all about your twat app. Uh, at Nightmare Box Pro. Uh, or you can go on over there to Instagram. Please do not send me pictures of your twat at. <laughs> at Nightmare Box Productions. Um, or Facebook for more long-form things. We'd love to be your friend. Go be our friend at... I put up a new photo, too. It's Fuck yeah. Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. And that photo is a teaser of the film we're about to release. So go check it out. You're goddamn right. I'd send us messages and all of that shit. But if you're like a little nervous about... You know, us being able to look at your profile directly, but you still want to say nasty things to us, you can shoot us an email over at nightmareboxproductions at gmail. We got anything else? Uh, the website. The website. <laughs> the nightmarebox.blog. And over there, you can see the dolls up in the top right hand corner. You can click through, you can read the scripts for the short stories that we've done. You can see all the pictures Kristen's done of all the behind the scenes work. Um, and eventually at the bottom right-hand side of the screen. But until then, you can go on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, eBay, or you can just shoot us that email. Um, I'll send it to you for cheaper than you can find it anywhere else. Just send me a nice email and ask He's talking about his book. The Madman Diaries, (laughs) a collection by Brett Bloom. Um, I see about $5 of it, no matter where it comes from. So just... Shoot us an email. I'll send you a beer-stained one from the apartment. I'll write you a personalized thing. Just shoot us an email, and I'll get you a copy of that, my loves. So, is that all of them? Yeah. We get there in the end? We did. Are we naming this thing, Got My Dick Kicked In? Don't get your dick kicked in. Don't get your dick kicked in. That's the fucking episode title. Now we're (laughs) going to go make some meatloaf. I'm going to get hammered. I'm going to fight a cop. And I'm going to go to work at 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys. And we'll talk to you next week.